Welcome to the Warrior's Edge Podcast. You are your hosts, Tom and Mark. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we have a very special guest for you this week. It is Dr. David Hopper. Uh, we're going to talk all things uh, health-related, chiropractic-related, especially for martial arts. And it's for the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, we're going to go into those details as well because uh, I've been working with uh, Dr. Hopper for a while now and has helped me out tremendously. Uh, so I got a, a little biased opinion over here, <laughs> but, um, you know, welcome to the show, man. Hey, well, thank you very much, Tom. I'm very happy to be here and I uh, am very excited to dive into to all of the questions uh, and uh, and hopefully supply some great information for the for the world. Perfect, perfect. Now, anybody listening to the show, you can always, uh, you know, after we post it, always leave, leave things in the comments, and I can always forward that to Dr. Hopper, and he'd be more than happy to f do follow-up questions or even follow-up interviews and things like that. Yes. But uh, I just want to just start right off the bat. Like, we do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Sambo, Judo, wrestling, like all forms of grappling here at Olympus Grappling Arts. Um, can you just kind of go into, number one, a little origin story for you? Uh, How did you even get involved in chiropractic? Uh, uh, HRV, so on and so forth. How'd you get started on that? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess it's been a, an entire lifelong journey, uh, like you know, like many other things. Um, I was very fortunate; grew up in a family that was uh, very health oriented, um, and that led me to believe that uh, everybody needs to exercise every single day. Yeah. Uh, what so, a notion, uh, right? <laughs> um, so it, it sprung me into a very young uh, personal training career, which only you know pushed me down that health field even more, even more. And uh, I always thought being a doctor would be uh, helping people in the highest way. Right. Um, and uh, so that was always kind of a, a background uh, vision. Um, Interesting. Okay. And uh, then when I was uh, when I was in high school, I met a chiropractor, and I, I learned about the different types of uh, doctors and, and what chiropractors do versus what a medical doctor does versus uh, you know the X, Y, and Z, right? Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, well, that, well that's really cool. Um, yeah. These are doctors who believe that that the human body was designed to heal itself. Um, you know that uh, yeah that it was designed to function perfectly. And I was like, well, that's a great concept because that's kind of what I was brought up. Uh, you know, my mom would say. <laughs> You're not sick. Uh, <laughs> she would literally tell us, allergies, you don't get those. It's, right. it's not for you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one way to view it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, uh, you know, so uh, skewed, uh, skewed perspective for sure. But uh, but anyway, um, then I, I decided, well, okay, well, that's the kind of doctor that I want to be. Um, then I got into, um, I had always been an athlete, got into, um, left hockey for, uh, for fighting, uh, which is kind of one in the same sport. I mean, know? really? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and got to do that professionally while I was, uh, while I was actually in undergrad, uh, which was really cool. Oh, that, that was the time period. Oh, it amazing. was a, yeah, a bit of a crossover. Um, so it made training, uh, schedules, more school schedules, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but did that for a while. It was really fun, um, and um, which is how I know you in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. Um, and then that led me um, from there. I went on and got into chiropractic school um, after I decided that I, that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete the rest of my life, uh, despite what a 20-year-old thinks. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I uh, did chiropractic school. That was awesome. Uh, and, and now I get to be out in the world practicing. But one really cool thing that I learned in uh, actually prior to chiropractic school was uh, this metric of heart rate variability. And, yes. um, and 
it just seemed so powerful. It was, uh, well, there's this one metric that can tell you everything about you health-wise. Um, it was just very inaccessible um, at the time, and uh, mm. and it's become more and more accessible to the point where uh, now you can measure it on your phone. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, so so very cool stuff. And now that is uh, that is basically my life. Is uh, is I, I try to do everything to help people um, health-wise from from a natural standpoint, um, mm. you know, as much as possible. And we use HRV. Um, as a metric to really measure how well people are actually becoming or aren't becoming uh, throughout that care process. So that's amazing. And we've talked about this before too. Like, you know, a major thing, whether it's a workout like fitness or training martial arts or whatever, you know, like, um, you know, you, you train yourself to you basically kick your ass a little bit. And that's, that's the onset of change, if you will. And it's not till like whether it's nutrition and recovery and all that, that's where like usually the results actually kick in. So your body adapts to that given activity. Can you go into that aspect of recovery and not just the importance, but how HRV uh, helps you as uh, the, per- the practitioner, if you will, uh, adjust things correctly uh, to th- hit things even better? It, yes, absolutely. So uh, so you can, use, uh, you can use HRV as a metric to to look at the average person's health and where they're going health-wise, but uh, but where there has been huge uh, usage is in athletics. Uh, you know, like with anything, uh, those, yeah. those athletes are really into their biometrics. Yeah. Um, so so what is so cool about that is you see an athlete day in day out just beating themselves in, into the ground. Um, and what does a coach say? Push harder. Right, Push yeah. harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> get up, Sally. Do it again. Yeah. Um, but but what we can see, uh, you know, through through study after study, is that uh, is that no matter how well you design a program for somebody, um, there's there's factors outside of what is going on just in the gym uh, mm-hmm. that is affecting this person's recovery. There's factors, uh, you know, there's there's personal life factors, right? There's nutrition factors, um, all these types of things that also need to be uh, factored in in some way. And when all you're looking at is, no, this is what my periodization program says no this is what my coach says i have to be doing is i I need to i need to do morning practice i need to do conditioning and i need to do night practice every single day regardless of how i feel regardless of what's going on outside of practice um all these kinds of things so we find is oh gosh well we have we have this thing that our body will just tell us uh you know it's really cool you just have to measure it yeah um so so that's what we're doing with heart rate variability is we is we take that measurement and uh once you have a baseline established Mm -hmm. so we know where you know let's use tom for example we know where tom is hanging out uh what his typical hrv is on on a daily basis um then we can really just look at that and say much better you know, Tom has fully recovered from his training, so let's let's push him. Yeah. Let's push him real hard today. Or no, Tom Tom needs some additional rest. Uh, and and granted, that doesn't mean sitting around on the couch eating potato chips. Right. Yeah. Um, but in active rest recovery, uh, you know, is is what we would be is more what we would be prescribing for something like that. And I uh, and we can watch that recovery process happen uh, not only throughout the day, right, uh, but throughout a week, throughout a month, uh, throughout a training camp. Uh, you know, we're talking yeah. uh, specifically for jujitsu competition or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that objective measure on a daily basis, staring you in the face, um, it's it's pretty hard to argue if you're recovered or not recovered right. from something that you're doing. So, uh, so it's it's very cool. Uh, 
That's interesting too, because it's one thing. That's why I work with you and, and want you as a guest on the show. Is uh, it's one thing to talk to, let's say, a chiropractor or or something in the field, you know, in the field of health and fitness. Um, it's one thing to talk to someone like that, or and it's another thing to talk to someone who actually specifically trains martial arts and has that background uh, in MMA and things like that. A lot of people listening to this uh, are more that side of things, and, and some people listening to this uh, are. are uh, professionals or seeking to be professionals in a given uh, martial art um, and some people are just like hey you know I'm a family man I absolutely love in this case I'll just use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as an example I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I want to train forever and, and things like that can you even go to that that side of things how you or people listening when they do HRV combined with uh, the different uh, nervous system wise uh, chiropractic care wise whether you're a professional uh seeking to be professional martial arts or someone that's like, hey, I just love doing this. I want to keep going. You know, how do they, uh, you uh, delineate between those and how they can adjust their recovery and so on and so forth? It, absolutely. And I guess we should, uh, in, in what you just said there, I realize we should take a step back yeah. uh, and kind of define what heart variability yeah, is. Yeah. Um, because uh, we, we just had an entire conversation yeah. for uh, for an hour on <laughs> yeah. it. So I just kind of jumped in from there. Um but uh, what heart rate variability is, is a measurement of your autonomic nervous system. So that, that's what we're looking at. And specifically, it's a measurement of vagal tone. Um, and when we say that your vagus nerve uh, controls about 80, a little bit more than 80% of your parasympathetic nervous system's function. Um, and I realized that that was a, a ton of big words <laughs> in a very short amount of time. Um, but essentially what, uh, what that is autonomic nervous system is think automatic. So everything that happens in your body automatically, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, obviously, uh, like 90 something percent or or more, right? Uh, the, The majority of the function of your body is all automatic. Um, so autonomic nervous system is controlling all this stuff. And there's two main divisions of that. You have a gas pedal and a brake pedal uh, for easy conversation. That's what we'll call them. And uh, when we are looking at your heart rate variance, um, we are looking at how strong that brake pedal is. Um, So how how strong that brake pedal is, is going to dictate your recovery ability, essentially. Gotcha. Um, Now, when you are always in a gas pedal mode, always in that fight or flight running kind of mode, which is what sports put you in, uh, which is what, you know, anxiety, uh, worry, those kinds of things are going to put you into that state. Um, and you're not going to be able to access that brake pedal side as much um, or as powerfully. And that and that's what we want to see objectively with an HRV measure is, is, is Tom in a recovery state? Um, is he in that brake pedal mode? Or is he all in the gas pedal mode? Um, and and that's a very powerful thing to be able to look at for an athlete, um, you know, or for anybody, oh, yeah. or for anybody else, because uh, we can say very, very quickly, um, you know, all right, Tom's not going to be able to recover, or, you know, okay, uh, you know, Tom's variability, his adaptability to life is very low right now. Um, so, uh, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, Tom, is, uh, is you know, if you look at that, I. Uh, it's a it's a huge gap between your activation and your yeah and, and your and your uh and your shutdown or your regulation you can look at it or it's a small gap and that's where people um where people have that okay something happened and I'm and I am so mad immediately yeah. or I have this ability to regulate myself and something happens and oh you know it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, but those are also the people who are going to be recovering uh, much faster. Those right. are also going to be the co- people who are going to be much healthier uh, in general as well. Um, and I, I know that was answering a lot more of the uh, the heart rate 
what is heart rate variability question. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, and did I kind of answer some of the other questions too? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, the other thing was like just correcting uh, uh, sort of the the way the body should function better uh, with also with the chiropractic care side of it. Yes. Um, so so when we're looking at somebody's baseline HRV and we start to uh, and we start to establish that, um, then what we can see uh, what we can see is how well their body is is adapting to what they are doing, and. And when we get into that combined with chiropractic is, um, and this is what I use with my patients, mm-hmm. is that we can start to see how this new intervention is is changing their health. Right. right. Um, so when we adjust somebody, uh, we know that immediately after that adjustment, their parasympathetic nervous system function or their brake pedal uh, function um, is going to be higher, which equals a higher HRV. Mm-hmm. Um so we know this was a good thing for the body. We know that their body is recovering. Yeah. Um, now, when we look at that over the course of, of a week, over the course of a month, and this is the, the main intervention that has been changed in this person's life, um, we can really start to see the power of that change. We can really start to see, was this a great choice for you or was this a poor choice for you? Right. Um, kind of like if you started adding in, um, well, I'm going to start drinking a Coca-Cola every morning. Um, yeah. You know, do you think that would uh, end in a long term? Uh, your HRV is going to go up or down, kind of, right. a thing, kind of a thing, you know. Um, and I think most of us can uh, can assume yes, it's going to go down. Um, so we can see any of these kinds of health interventions uh, as a result of that. Um, now, when it comes to like jujitsu athletes, uh, you know, you can see where uh, you can see where an injury, uh, how that affects your body. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and what's really cool when you're measuring HRV on a consistent basis is is you can actually predict. Um, when you are in a place where you are more vulnerable to injuries, um, you know, and that's uh, within any sport, but you know, when we're talking yeah. about jujitsu specifically, you can actually see that as your HRV starts to dip, um, we can say you you are more prone to injury, you are more prone to illness, you are more prone to a poor outcome right. as a result of this. Which means off the mats, right? And that's a jujitsu or, or even just any martial art in general. That's our nightmare because all we want to be is on the mats, man. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, out there functioning. So, yeah, that, that's very interesting to be able to pinpoint what it is because everybody's an individual. Everybody's different. They, re- they respond different. What recovery is working for me may not be what you need. Right. And so on. It helps you delineate that. And what I thought interesting you mentioned earlier uh, today when we were talking as well is, um, yes, clearly, like I got rear-ended in a car accident real bad in 2018. That sidelined a lot of my training really bad, um, which – you've been helping me out tremendously with that. Um, outside of some obvious, like, okay, this guy just got suplexed. Clearly that's causing the issue. But a lot of times like, Hey, I, my back feels really blown out. That could be an accumulation of just years of wear and tear overuse or training incorrectly or overtraining or so on and so forth. Uh, you know, can you go into that side of things? Cause some people, isn't that the biggest thing I bet you experienced too, is people coming like, Hey, I'm my back's blown out. Yeah. Cause it hurts now, but uh, unless if it was a, a, a obvious thing, like a car crash or someone threw you, or this is something that's been accumulating in effect and people are walking around with that as we speak. Uh, correct. Correct. It's, it's the boogie monster, right? Just, yeah. Just waiting to get you. Um, and, uh, but, but that is the case. Uh, Tom, it's, it's never just one thing um, mm. that happened with the exception of, traumatic uh accidents um right you know uh which are far more on the rare end but 
majority of people who hurt themselves really in any way, um, it's it's that accumulation of stress. Um, you know, I and that's and that's the unfortunate thing is that most people don't don't realize that that's the case. Um, but it is literally everything that's happened from the moment you've been born to where you are right now. Um, everything has been a positive experience for your right. nervous system or a negative experience for your <laughs> nervous system, right? And that is adding stress to you in one way or another. Yeah. Um, so when we talk to when we talk about something like you know uh, like blowing out your back right uh, mm -hmm. like oh man I, I can't believe that this happened all, all i was doing was brushing my teeth or you know or i bent over to do a to do a stretch and you know and it came back up and oh you know like that yeah. was it um it wasn't that stretch it wasn't brushing your teeth it wasn't it wasn't that one single incident it was everything else that had been happening that piled up to this exact moment um and and that can be that yeah okay you've been you've been moving dysfunctionally for years and those muscles have been imbalanced and improperly functioning and those bones have been slightly slightly shifting and then it was just this one thing that was literally the straw that broke the camel's back and yeah. and boom now now you're injured right um and even in the case of you know of more traumatic injuries you know especially when we talk about uh something like jujitsu mm -hmm. um you know okay if you're if you're fighting hard to take somebody down if you're fighting hard for uh right for a submission or something of that nature um and you're and you're pushing 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 and you hurt yourself right or uh you know or somebody is or somebody's pushing on you right you should be able to resist without getting yourself hurt and again it's the same thing even though it is more of a traumatic thing that happened mm -hmm. granted you got pushed a little bit harder right that was yeah. that was like a whole pile of hay getting stacked on but but still the fact is is had you been functioning properly prior you right. would have been far less likely to get injured in that situation. Um, so that's what we're looking at, uh, you know, especially within chiropractic is, is how is Tom moving as a whole? Um, yeah. You know, where are Tom's, uh, where are Tom's abnormalities in his function, uh, in his functionality? And that's, and that's what we want to see. Um, and that's where things like the neurological scans that I talked right. to you about earlier um, can help pinpoint a lot of that stuff and help yeah. guide care in a, in a lot of ways. Um to where we can start correcting, you know, okay, yeah, you know what, we have this, we have this little shoulder issue that, that we were able to identify and we're working into it versus, ah, you know what, my shoulder bothers me here and there, but it's really no big deal. And yeah. until the day that you it can't is. raise your arm over your shoulder, you know, or over your head anymore. Well, and, wait, where did this come uh, from? It's right. like telltale signs the whole way through, man. Uh, <laughs> yes. A absolutely. Or you learn. That was the other thing. Um, I, I the thing I was talking with you because I hadn't seen you in a little while. You started, yeah. You started doing jujitsu again. And we started training, and you're like, "How's it been going?" I'm like, "You know, my training's been kind of crappy for about three years now because of you know the, the accident I had and whiplash and all that fun stuff, and um, or not fun stuff, I should say." And uh, I go pretty much at this point, I've done all these things, and at this point, I'm just I just really learned to live with the pain. And you're like, "That's not good." <laughs> <laughs> yes. And a lot of us do, right? We learn to live with it or adjust to the thing, which it's good to adapt or whatnot. But, um, you know, you shouldn't have to live with this because then not only is that not comfortable as you go through with more stressors or whatnot, but it is building up a, a, a bad case of at some point that this could blow out or so on and so forth. Yes. You're, you're creating further dysfunction by by dealing with it or just living with the pain, you know, and that's even if like, you know, like I just use, for example, like a, a shoulder problem, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my shoulder kind of bothers me, but it, it's whatever. Well, what's happening 
is your body knows that it's painful when you move this way. So your body starts to adapt and find other ways to move so that you don't have to go through that process. And this is, you know, an autonomic function. Imagine that. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. And, uh, and as a result of that, now you start to, you're dysfunctional. Um, and you're using muscles that aren't supposed to be used for movements that they're not supposed to be doing. And yeah. that creates further instability that creates, uh, you know, more prone, you're, you're now more prone to other injuries, um, all these kinds of things. And, um, and then we see that happen. Um, yeah. and yeah, and anybody who's in, you know, pain, uh, and just dealing with something, that's not a good place to be. And that's not where you should be. Um, and and if you were told that, I'm sorry, but you were told wrong. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Um, I it, was, honestly, by the time I was uh, approaching, you know, you, you and I talked about it, I was pretty much... Uh, learning to live with the pain, so to thing, you're, you're more in apathy on it. You're more just like, oh, I've done everything that you can do outside of, you know, major surgery. And then you're, you're basically, you're, you're next fused together or something like that in this right. example. Um, I just pretty much, all oh, right, just learn to live with it, live with it. And because there's nothing can really be done about it. And, and you're like, no, it's this, you went over these things with me. And uh, literally, like it, it, the, I've seen chiropractors before and things like that. And I've, I have uh, good, great things that have it's helped me with, but you know, nothing was really working on this. And even the way you approach to palpating, feeling things out and adjustment or, and we, I like to also go into like the tests you had me do because yes. you didn't even like touch my back or neck or anything until you have me do that. It was more of a, this is the correct program for you before we even get started. Let's get that actual full picture here. And, um, you know, can you go into that side of things with the, the two tests you specifically, uh, went over with me? Yes. Uh, so, in Tom, I'm assuming that you're okay with me talking. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Deeper about your case. Okay. So, um, so with Tom, he did have a traumatic injury. So, um, and something like a car accident. Okay. We know that he had. Um, you had multiple X-rays and you had an MRI done. Is that correct? I had X-rays and MRI, okay. and everybody's like, everything's normal. I'm like, uh, it don't feel normal, man. And that's not in my head. I literally, I went from like, you know, functioning fine, full blown jujitsu, throwing jokes, all this fun stuff, all the way to like, uh, I was getting like, like every couple of days, I was getting like pounding migraines, and like I never got a migraine day in my life. I had a headache maybe, but like. So, yeah, it, I was just like, I guess this is the way it's going to be, you know, vertigo. That's a thing now, you know? <laughs> yes. Not, <laughs> not something that should And they're like, happen. MRI, you're fine. X-ray, you're fine, you know? I, well, and that's, what, uh, and that's what I said to you initially, Tom, is, is, uh, is yeah, everything can show perfectly normal on a picture. Because yeah. uh, when you're looking at a, a picture of your bones, you know, oh, yeah, everything's where it's supposed to be. Okay. Then, then you're crazy. Oh, no, well, let's, let's do an MRI. And let's get a deeper look. Let's look at some of the soft tissue, all of that kind of stuff. And and what it's going to show is that Tom is fine. Um, and then that's where it stops. So, right. so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's all in your head, literally. Versus the case, functionality right? of um, that, vers you know, a picture versus the movement of it is a different story, as you were mentioning to me. It, correct. So, so that's what I, and that's what I said to Tom is, is well, what those show and, and what work and what we care about are two totally different things. It's great that structurally everything is in the place that it should be, but we want to know, can it function the way that it should? Right. And in Tom's case, it definitely wasn't functioning the way that it should. So I had him have a, uh, a thermal scan done. Uh, I had him do an EMG 
And what that identified was that, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my language. Uh, oh, you didn't care for it. Go for it. Uh, Tom is not functioning at all like he's supposed to. Um, there was improper communication happening between his brain and body. And we could see that very clearly highlighted in his scans. Um, he had extreme torsion uh, through the muscles in his neck. Uh, they could not decide which side to pull his neck at um and and you know in a in a description of tom that uh that was uh that was pretty accurate and and typically when we see those things yeah do, do those equate to headaches vertigo that kind of stuff absolutely mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it was it was pretty clean and cut that uh that we knew where to focus on with tom and um and uh, side note with that too anybody who's uh you know has you know chronic headaches, uh, deals with migraines, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff regularly and is using ibuprofen or uh, yeah, migraine so relief drugs, anything like that. Yeah. It's a, that, that should not be the norm and it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be. Um, it, so, so that's where with Tom, we did some, uh, upper cervical adjustments in addition to, uh, in mm-hmm. addition to everything else. Um, and, and we can see some awesome results start to happen, uh, start to happen from that. And that's now when we go and redo those same tests, uh, that, we're going to see that, that, okay, this is clearing, uh, you know, right. We can see that some of that muscular imbalance that was happening in his cervical spine and into his thoracic spine, uh, that that's going away. Um, we'll be able to see that yeah, inflammation, um, you know, irritation through those nerve roots in the, uh, in that cervical spine, that stuff's going away. Um, and that, and that equals in this subjective experience that Tom has that uh, I don't get headaches anymore. Uh, right. Yeah. I finally <laughs> get some sort of actual relief. You know, and that was so interesting. And I'm sure, you know, we're just talking about me now as an example, um, you know, because I, I clearly had that neck issue. Some people have back or, you know, shoulder, whatever. Um, another thing I thought was interesting, the way you worded it, uh, like with my thing, is um, you, you can go autonomic and all that uh, subject matter with this. Because it's like the muscles, you know, got tight cut from the, the, the accident to protect my head from falling off, you know? Yes. <laughs> but they never uh, got the message to, hey, dude, relax now. We're good. Can you go into, because it, it doesn't, we're talking me with the car accident and the whiplash, but, you know, you get thrown, you get choked real nasty, whatever, you know, your body uh, is trying to protect you from something, even, you know, automatically, so to speak, but it may now not have the the messages to relax that that was a profound thing that we went over that it made so much sense to me yeah yeah absolutely um so yes uh when something happens like you get in a car accident or or you have you know a jujitsu and you get uh you know an arm bar and uh and you forget to tap uh yeah what's that (laughs) right (laughs) it's for wimps yeah right Uh, who taps uh but um but so if something like that happens, yeah, your muscles guard and, that, and that's their job is to is to guard and protect. And that's why, you know, in Tom's case, you get rear ended. Um, you are going to have those muscles clamp down as mm-hmm. tightly as they can to try to provide some stability to that neck. Um, and in uh, short term, that's great because it's protecting his body. Um, you know, and same with an injury anywhere else. Right. That's a, it's a similar process. But long term, that's really bad. Uh, long term, that's not where we want those muscles to stay. We want them to start to relax, and that is, uh, and that is, you know, that that sympathetic or the gas pedal side of, of your nervous system just gets mm-hmm. activated at a super high level when um, yeah. when when that car accident happened, right? Or uh, you know, or or, or for shoulder injury, or, you know, yeah, it could be anything for anybody, yeah. Right. So so you mm-hmm. get that large activation, but then a lot of times what happens is through the recovery process, 
through the healing process, your body never gets the safe signal. Mm. And when your body doesn't get that safe signal, not only does recovery not happen all the way, um, but you continue to have these horrible symptoms, these horrible outcomes. Um, And that's what we're doing. And that's what with, um, you know, with chiropractic, what we're doing is with the adjustment, we're, we're literally putting so much input to the nervous system that it hits the reset button. And that's, what's so cool is, um, is we are, uh, we are forcibly, uh, you know, um, pushing on the, on the autonomic nervous system. Right. And we can see that wave of information. It's going to, it's going to hit and we see that total reset. And that's where, you know, right after an adjustment, you go, Oh my gosh, I feel amazing. Yeah. And I, cause you are kind of in that, uh, in that, twilight yeah <laughs> um now of course a few hours later a day later a week later your right. body's gonna say oh wait wasn't i really nervous about something right because <laughs> the body is a a, a stimulant res- response system you know it it, it it reacts to whatever and so in this case you know let's say someone just threw the life out of you you know when you're sparring and you landed real nasty and you weren't trained or prepared for something like that like that very similar to a car accident, right. uh, the floor in this case, um, you know, you, you ate it pretty good. You may have a very immediate response or whatever, but your body does respond to that, which is why you want to train in this example. You train brake falls so much, so your body's used to that. But, you know, in my example with the car accident, I wasn't training someone to rear end me uh, at 45 miles an hour at a stoplight. Well, I'd say <laughs> your training is all off that. Dude, what am I doing with myself? Uh, <laughs> you need to work on that one. Uh, weak point in your game. Yeah. But um, but yeah. That, so that's exactly it. But what what we get though is is your body starts to realize like oh wait wait I was I was really scared about something that happened and then yeah. oh that's right I got to clamp back down and then that's where um you know with chiropractic specifically that we are we are going to keep reinforcing that safe message with what with what we are doing whether that be uh, through through the adjustment of soft tissue work, corrective exercise, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, we are reinforcing that safe message so that your body can re-find, right. oh, this is where I need to be. And then what's cool is, uh, yes, we'll measure with that uh, with the EMG, the thermal, uh, you know, after yeah. after I, I do about every six weeks. Um, but heart rate variability, you're doing that every single day, right? And we can see uh, we can see that progress as your body starts to feel more safe because your your HRV starts to go up, um, and and along with the subjective experience of eh, you know what, hey, I, I can move. Oh, you know what, I haven't had a headache today. Oh, yeah. this is uh, this is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's very powerful tools when we uh, when we combine all of those. That makes so much sense. You know, you know, like the old saying, like, "Hey, by the time you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated, right?" Right. It's the same thing. By the time you feel pain, unless like it's an immediate thing out in, like, like a car crash or you fall off a building <laughs> or something crazy like that. But like, you're let's say you're just sparring and you're doing a normal whatever, and all of a sudden, man, yeah, I'm really, I'm really kind of pull my back for whatever reason. Like that was something that was developing over time. And, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting because like some people that would be listening to this, we've all kind of been through that. Like, I don't really realize I have a problem until I, you know, feel pain. And that's not true. And th- we're talking like, again, about the preventatives. <clears throat> this is why, you know, Dave works with us and our, our competition team is, um, again, I think take all potentialities off the table of like, you know, if you could have done something as a preventative and, and something within your realm of, you know, you can do something about it before it's actually a problem or an issue and feeling pain 
or a chronic nagging injury is a problem, right? That could restrict or even take off your your actual training as you you could be doing more of a hundred percent training. So that uh, I like. Uh, can we go into an aspect how HRV, not just the chiropractic care, but how HRV helps you register, like whether it's being sick. There's also it's more physical, but there's also mental stressors. Can you go into all these different things, like how people can use HRV to help them through that? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so with your with your heart rate variability, um, you're gonna be looking at at that number every single day. Um, you know, and let's just uh, let's just make up a number. Uh, let's say let's say Tom's HRV is has a very consistent baseline of 50. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where his HRV is every day. Okay. So now Tom's starting to train pretty hard, and uh, and we can see Tom's HRV is is dropping a little bit every day throughout the week. Okay, so uh, so as it starts to get further and further down there, um, you know, and we can say like uh, we can say that when it's starting to drop below that fifteen percent uh, mark, all right, well we're we're starting to say all right, Tom, maybe it's time to start ramping up that recovery a little bit more and start pushing a little bit less. Um, and at that point, now Tom can uh, now Tom can do that and listen to what he's getting back from yeah. his numbers, or he cannot. Um, but again, we know that if Tom does not, he's making himself more prone to injury, illness, uh, mental, emotional uh, breakdown, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if uh, if Tom is obeying that, is following that along, um, we're gonna we're gonna see that recovery number start to come back up. We're gonna see him approach his baseline or even go beyond, um, and then you can start to break yourself down again. You know, and and going through that process, yeah, process, yeah, yeah, you're gonna see. Uh, if you're doing it correctly, uh, if you're doing it functionally, uh, we'll actually see that baseline HRV start to start to raise over a period of time here. Um, now, when you're going through like a training camp or something like that, you know, it's going to be a, a different outcomes. Uh, yeah. But um, but you know, we're we're also aiming for something uh, for a different outcome. Um, but when it comes to yeah, potential for injury, potential for illness, um, all that kind of stuff. If you're if you're training your butt off um, and training's going really well, but you have something is going on in your personal life. Um, mm. You know, say you, uh, you know, um, say you and your spouse are not getting along. Uh, say you're having a, a lot of a lot of kid problems. What, whatever the case may be, if something like that is happening, training is going really well, but you have this thing going on outside of training that's not going really well. Um, does that affect your training? Absolutely, it does. Um, right. And that's going to reflect affect how well you're able to recover from training. Um, so again, that's something that needs to be factored in. Um, you know, same with same with if if you're getting sick in the process of training, does that mean train harder, just keep pushing? They have nothing to do with each other. Um, <laughs> no, you know your your body needs recovery. If your body needs recovery, that's the bottom line. Um, if you're you know if you're if you're arguing with your spouse, does it feel good to go to the go to the gym and uh, you know and get some get some aggression out? Absolutely. Um, you know, but there's also that other side of the coin where your body doesn't have the capacity to recover at this point uh, as as well as it could. So let's be really smart yeah. about the way that we get our aggression out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's not try to push ourselves to to some kind of extreme. Let's not try to uh, try right. a new kind of throw in jujitsu. Um, you know, let's not roll with a. Uh, Black belts like Tom only. <laughs> no, it's good for you. So it's good for you. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's a it's about how you choose to uh, do those things. Now, when we talk about injury specifically, illness specifically, yeah. um, 
you know, you can see that, um, you can see that, you know, for overuse injuries, for illness, for that kind of stuff, um, HRV will actually show, uh, will actually show, I believe it's up to two or three days in advance prior to symptom onset, um, that you are developing an overuse injury, that your body is fighting something off from an immune standpoint. And then, you know, then you want to take the step back and say, okay, well, what is it? Uh, what's going on here? Um, and, and that's, I always say, do a very fine examination. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. You know, I know that, you know, bicep tendonitis, right. That, that I have this shoulder issue that will pop up from time to time. And yeah, it's been kind of nagging me, but I've been kind of ignoring it, but I'm also seeing this trend. So maybe I should start to do some active recovery for my shoulder. Maybe I should start rolling it out. Maybe I should start to do right. these rehab exercises. Maybe I should start to do these kinds of things um, before it does actually turn into an injury. Yeah. Um, equally, you might say, well, my body feels great. Um, I've done kind of that fine examination uh, of my physical body and, yeah. and I feel great everywhere. But you know what? I have kind of had the sniffles or I have kind of, you know, noticed that, that my throat's kind of bugging me. Um, you know, or I've, I've got like this, the, a little bit of this cough or my stomach's been bugging me. And you, okay. Now that's a sign that something else, you know, is going on. So let's, so let's attack that. Right. And if you're thinking that illness might be the cause, okay, well then, then let's do some, right. let's do some things for that. Right. Let's load up on the zinc. Let's load up on the vitamin C, uh, you know, let's up our vitamin D those, those kinds of things um, that are going to help me get into a recovery place uh, yeah. specific to that. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's how we can use HRV for some of that too. Um, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think we talked about a little earlier too, is like, you know, when you're doing something like jujitsu or, or, or any form of martial art, com- combat sport or whatever, um, you know, there's a, there's a point where like, uh, if you can go into like, hey, you got, uh, when you train, you got all this, you're trained so much uh, to this stressor. That someone cuts you off, you know, uh, in, in in traffic, you're like, eh, no big deal. Like you go into that concept too, because um, it is important to challenge yourself. You know, the whole thing, like if you stay in your comfort zone, you never like grow or anything like that. But you can go into that that factor because the HRV helps you monitor that. Because otherwise, you're just stressing yourself, stressing yourself. Like you wouldn't do HRV while you're working out necessarily, because it's just literally it's just going to go down, down, down. Because you are stressing your your body out in, in a controlled manner. Right. And then recovery, and then you can do the the job better next time. And that's the process, of course. But yeah, going to that aspect of you know just people training because uh, you do want to push yourself, and uh, you got this bigger window of what is actually going to stress you out because of your training in HRV. Yes. So, uh, so heart rate variability is literally looking at your adaptability to to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that's everything in life. Um, so the higher your variability is, the higher your adaptability is. Um, so so that means that if Tom is pushing himself, um, so he's challenging his. It, um, let me take a step back here. Yeah. When when you're doing something, especially something like a combat sport, but uh, but by all means, it's going to be a, you know most forms of exercise. Combat sports is just kind of the pinnacle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you are pushing yourself in a sympathetic gas pedal mode uh, to a, to a height that can't be achieved by uh, by most forms of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who's a, a regular practitioner would <laughs> would strongly agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, and for that to be happening, what your brake pedal side or your, or your vagus nerve essentially um, has to attempt to regulate that sympathetic or gas pedal drive. Mm. And, and by constantly pushing that, your brake pedal has to get stronger and stronger and stronger so that it can fight down 
this gas pedal so that it can regulate what's happening with this gas pedal. Now, as a result of somebody who's doing that kind of training on a consistent basis, um, they will they will be less aggressive, ironically, um, <laughs> because they are so much more adaptable to everything in life. Uh, right. Now, please don't take that wrong for uh, for people. You can be just as aggressive on the mats. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that spreads that to where you have such a strong brake pedal that nothing else in life really bothers you. Um, Cause you have so much room for adaptability that, that yeah, it's just, it's not going to affect you. The things that used to, you know, I know we mentioned this earlier, but like those, those little things that, that might've set you off before, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the guy cutting off and traveling and that it's just going to be a, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to take a really lot to get your gas pedal really revved up. Right. right. Um, it's not, it's not going to be just, just any old thing. Now, on the same on the same token, when you want to, um, right, you can set that thing off, right, right. But you are in control of it, so that's that's where the difference is. I mean, you'll see that with HRV because your HRV will be much higher. So, um, so somebody who has never done something like combat sports before, or even just general exercise before, um, and you start to do that consistently um, with re- proper recovery, of course, mm-hmm. um, you will see your HRV going up quite a bit. Actually, uh, exercise in itself is uh, is is the most effective way to raise your HRV. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine that exercise is one of the healthiest, healthiest things you could do for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I would venture to guess if somebody did a study on it, um, that combat sports, uh, would probably raise it even more. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, just because of that, uh, because of how hard you are pushing yourself. And, and that isn't a major, like, um, like speaking of stressors in the day or whatnot, it is not just a physical thing, and there there is mental aspects, whether it's work, family life, whatever, finances, or whatever is going on uh, pandemic wise right now. It's not, right. you know, there's a lot of stressors, and you definitely do. As a lot of people say, like when I go do jujitsu class, it's so therapeutic, yes. like mentally therapeutic. Obviously, I'm getting a good workout, but I just I'm not worried. About, this guy's trying to simulate murder on me, and vice versa, and I'm not so worried about. You know, uh, whatever, you know, outside of here. And, and when you go back, and that is, it is a very therapeutic uh, concept for exactly, you, you're more naming the exact, um, I guess, scientific uh, reason behind that. And now I want to ask you a question, you know, being a chiropractor, working with HRV, having an MMA background and fighting and all that fun stuff with martial arts. Um, you know, what are some of the most common things you see, you know, currently when patients come in or whatnot, uh, that people like listening right now could, uh, you know, maybe mistakes they're making or, or an omission of action, if you will, that they, they should probably be taking. What's the most commonalities, you know, people listen to this in their car and be like, oh, okay, th- this is a sign. Okay. I'm, I may not have this big back problem. My low back, maybe that's not bothering, but, uh, what are some things you see people maybe doing or not doing that they should Okay. Um, Loaded question. Yes, yes. That's a, that's a very big question. So <laughs> there's a – but I, recovery in general, um, mm. we, uh, you know, as a, as a country, as a world, uh, don't seem to prioritize that nearly enough. Mm. Um, so more focus needs to be put on recovery in that, um, in that if you're doing something that stresses you out, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, physically, chemically, or emotionally, uh, right? Because – Believe it or not, if you are eating inflammatory foods, right, uh, like right. You, you know, fast foods, that kind of stuff, that is just as much of a strain on your nervous system as uh, you know, 
as well, I don't want to say as doing a workout because that's a, it's a very different type of strain, yeah. but as getting in a car accident or something like that, right. It's a, it's quite a strain and stressor on your, on your system. So, um, but what, whatever it is that you are, um, you know, that you are doing, if you're not recovering properly from that, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that we all make. We're all pushing ourselves 24 seven around the clock, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you work and you can answer emails 24, 24 yeah. seven. Um, people can access you at any time of the day. Um, that's why it's great to practice things like, uh, you know, put your phone in airplane mode, you know, at seven, right, <laughs> at seven right. at night, you know, so that you, you can't get bothered by anything. Um, but it's that recovery piece. We never take a break mentally, physically, emotionally. We, we just need to yeah. take more breaks. Um, and, uh, and within that, there is two big pieces. One is breathing, um, which, which I'm sure uh, you know, is, a, is a shock, but, um, but not enough of us breathe properly. Um, and, uh, and that is for, for almost anybody out there. Uh, you know, if, if you take a second and, um, and assess yourself, are you breathing through your nose or your mouth? Right, right. And for a large chunk of people out there, they're breathing through their mouth primarily. Mouth breathers. Yes. <laughs> um, but that that is not going to allow you to recover to the best of your ability. You need to be breathing through your nose. Um, and and there's a, an array of reasons, which I'm you know, not going to dive into here, but why nasal breathing, it, that's what we were made to do. That's what every animal is made to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And we need to be doing that to optimize our recovery. Mm. The next is sleep. Um, right. People do not sleep enough <laughs> or, or get the quality sleep that they need. Um, and, and that's another big piece of it. Um, if you are not sleeping well, if you're waking up feeling tired, mm-hmm. um, if you're waking up feeling like you need to sleep for two more hours every day, um, these are all signs that you are not getting quality sleep. Uh, <laughs> all of us need an eight-hour sleep opportunity mm-hmm. every night. Um, and if you are not... A, allowing yourself for that, uh, you know, and you're saying, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut sleep by two hours or, you know, or four hours and, yeah. uh, and then I'll have more time in the day or, you know, this or that, um, you know, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip my lunch break and keep working through it. It is proven time and time again, right. That if you are doing those kinds of things, you're cutting that out of your life. Your work is of lower quality. Yeah. And the output what, mentality, uh, more risk to sickness, all that, everything it, drops. It, absolutely. So, so don't fool yourself. It's you're putting out lower quality work, and you're and you're doing it far less efficient than yeah. if you actually recovered, slept, did did all these things. Um, so, uh, so those are those are some of the biggest pieces right there. Mm. Um, and outside of that, then you know it goes into um, you know the obvious nutrition piece, right? Um, right. You know that uh, that. People don't understand uh, proper nutrition because uh, we as a society don't understand that. Um, There's so much cross-information as well. There, there, there really right? is. Yeah, like every diet's correct because <laughs> that guy's – it worked for them. But it's like, right, you got to find that one at whatever. Or even what we're talking about right now. Like you want to just give some generic thing to the, um, the masses like do this because it might not be the same for the person next to you on what you have to do, health, nutrition, fitness, rest, and all that. Right. No, it's a, it's it's very true, uh, and you and you can watch these things on uh, you know again with your HRV you can see, uh, well, okay I slept eight hours last night and I felt great and my HRV went up hmm, versus the night that I didn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, with, with nutrition there's so much mixed information. I mean you know there's a heart healthy sign on sugar cereal. Okay. <laughs> so so that's very confusing. Is this good for my heart to eat? 
sugary marshmallows in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good for the soul. There you go. Because it says so. <laughs> yeah. If it's on the label, man, I'm all in. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yes. Uh, so, looking into that, uh, and basically what I recommend everybody is anti inflammatory, uh, whatever you can oh, do yeah. with that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, hydration is another big piece. And then mm. exercise, uh, you know, are you doing some kind of movement every day? Um, yeah. These types of things. Uh, and uh, and that's, you know, the outside. And then uh, another big piece is is your mental recovery. Uh, mm. Meditation, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or prayer, you know, what whatever it is. Uh, if you are, you just need to go inside right, once right. a day. Whatever that is for you. Right. Some people may be, I mean, I know like karate be like katas is very for some people becomes very meditation like uh, outside of course actual meditation yeah. um me is playing guitar and i just i feel okay i'm clean i'm good you know like you said that internal yeah yeah you go inside and you you clean your body and mind out right and yeah. it's a and it's amazing because you you process so much better after that mm-hmm. um and that's that's another big thing that not enough of us take the time to do because again it's something that takes time <laughs> so yeah. i could have been you know doing something else but uh but again if you take that time it's amazing um you know i know for for me personally when i meditate regularly mm-hmm. everything in the background disappears uh you know yeah. uh, it's uh it's you notice that i'm talking to tom but i'm also thinking about what i need from a grocery list i'm thinking about you know our okay. plans for thanksgiving i'm yeah. thinking about you know what my kid might be doing right now i'm thinking uh you know about x y and z right um but then when you're meditating regularly or going inward regularly and whatever that may be for you, um, all of a sudden it's, I'm talking to Tom and I'm just talking to Tom and, yeah, now here, and all present, of these yeah. other things are not going on, uh, you know, which adds to that, uh, you know, to that recovery, that efficiency, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So interesting. And that, that's, I think one of the, you know, I've noticed it in myself and, uh, and others working with them, like, you know, cause you're trying to help them train them in martial arts. And in this case, it could be even that, the other things, like as we're speaking, I'm thinking about, yeah, all these other things I have to do. And you don't realize how much noise is actually there. I know a lot of people are doing the, the deprivation tanks yes, uh, to facilitate this. And they always feel just like just more calm and rest for that nature. So, so many different things. I do want to uh, ask you this, too, because um, good or bad, let's say it's a diet. I've had people who just eat, you know, Italian beefs every day. Okay. And overnight, they're like, I'm just stopping all that crap. And I'm eating just veggies, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I know one guy in particular started having heart issues off of this with indigestion. It really was indigestion stuff. Goes to the hospital and the guy's like, hey, you know, you just overnight changed your diet completely in your body. Even though it was good stuff for you, your body was not ready for all that foliage and, and whatever. And he's like, so what you're saying I'm getting doctor orders to have Italian beefs? He's like, no, I'm not saying that. But, you know, that was a good, you know, he was trying to do something good for himself because, you know, nutrients and the vitamins and minerals and, and the leafy greens. And, but you go into like whether, whether it's a good change or, or bad change, I suppose. But even with the good, like, hey, overnight, should I be doing everything 100% perfect versus your body needs that elbow room to adapt first, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, whether it is good or bad, uh, you do need some adjustment period. Um, that's uh and yeah that that's an awesome situation. I would love it if my, you know, if I was directed to only eat Portillo's beefs. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, but uh, but no. Um, 
Right. Unfortunately, yeah, too much of a good thing is a bad thing, especially mm-hmm. when you try to switch from, you know, like in that situation where it's a, it's only bad to all good. Um, that's uh, that equally can be a huge shock to your body um, and, your, and your body's just not ready for it. Uh, right. You know, your body learned how to deal with this. And now you just totally switched up the game. Um, right. It's uh, it's like you know if somebody were overheating, um, why you wouldn't give them ice water, right? Uh, cause, right. Because that could send their body into shock. Mm-hmm. Um, or even with booze, like people that quit, you know, drink every day all day, quit overnight, boom, heart attack. Right. Like you, you need to, even though you're trying to put some good, you need to adjust. Like you want to just take a guy fresh in and be like, all right, man, we're gonna roll with all the the guys who compete in their black belt level. Let's go. You'll be fine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been to actually one of the first MMA gyms I ever went to was like that. Oh, really? <laughs> that was a, that was a horrible experience. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but but exactly though. That's a, that's why you don't want to. Uh, that's why you don't want to do that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I walked into the gym and uh, and and they go, yeah, you look like you're in good shape. I'm like, yeah. And they go, they go, all right. Well, have you done anything like this before? I'm like, I've boxed before. And like, you're, okay, you're clear. Let's Tra- go. Turn with that guy. <laughs> Why can't I breathe all of a sudden? <laughs> yes. I, did, I didn't know what a leg lock was until my leg was broken. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and that was interesting. Even people come back from the, the lockdown and all that stuff, back into training of their different martial arts styles. It's like, you know, wean back into that. Like, you wouldn't like, okay, I lifted lots of weights a lot, you know, many years, and I quit for like nine months. You're not going to go back to what you are lifting before. Right. You know, you got to wean even back into what, to get to where you left off. So you know that's another important factor, and as we're as we're kind of like uh, wrapping up here, uh, first off, we, we got you know a bunch of great information. Where can people uh, number one find what you and what you do, and uh, this HRV, and uh, I'm sure there, you know there's chiropractors everywhere. You know people are in other states, but uh, where you're at, you know how they can get a hold of your information, and uh, just getting more information on HRV in general as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I. Uh, so me personally, um, for chiropractic, um, I, uh, I I am fortunate enough to have a bit of a wait list. Uh, so I am. Uh, if you want to see me, you, you can absolutely uh, reach out, uh, uh, Doctor Dave at wholehumancairo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a website that doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I literally just have no interest in uh, in fixing it. I mostly just work off of referral basis. Okay. Um, I do have another doctor who works with me though, um, so we'd be happy to yeah, get you in with him um, as well a little bit sooner. Um, but um, but with uh, the heart variability stuff, um, that is through uh, through the other company that I'm part owner of, and that is um, Optimal HRV. Uh, and that is optimalhrv.com is where you can check that out. And it is also a mobile app um, that you can download from the uh, Android or iOS stores. Um, and that is Optimal HRV is the app that you would search in there. Um, and that can get you started up on the actual heart rate variability process. Um, at the moment we are recording this uh, just prior to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, you will have to uh, you have to send in a request um, for us to uh, for us to get you your account uh, officially going um, within another week here. It should be where uh, where you can sign up individually on the app. But at the moment, we're only okay. taking on uh, groups and in uh, larger uh, businesses. But we will absolutely take on uh, take on individuals just have a requested um, if you request kind of thing. So um, so that's uh, that is those two. But uh, the optimal HRV website as well has a ton of information on mm-hmm. there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's about it. 
That's awesome. Uh, and guys, if there's for those listening, if you have any questions uh, for Dr. Hopper here at all, uh, he just obviously gave you uh, ways to reach out to him. But you can also, you know, when as you are following us, just reach out to us and we can forward, you know, back and forth conversation. Um, you know, th- this that's what this podcast is for. You know, it's for the people practicing the art. How can we, you know, be healthier, train better, longer, lo- you know, lifelong and everything. So, yeah, if you have any questions, maybe stuff we didn't even cover or, or whatnot, uh, feel free to reach out to us. And, of course, you can always reach out to Dr. Hopper. Uh, other than that, man, thanks for uh, taking time to be on the show. And it was uh, it's helped me and my family uh, quite a bit. We have a bunch of our, our uh, members here that actually – uh, get care through you and it's helped them out tremendously. Um, but again, you know, each to their own. And I, I, uh, love to have you back on again, man. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Tom. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Until the next one, guys. See you on the mats. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Warriors Edge podcast. For more great talks and interviews on all things grappling, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We also take topic recommendations, so feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram or Facebook pages for that. And if you're ever in our area, you're welcome to come in and train at our academy, Olympus Jiu-Jitsu. Until the next one, keep training.